0: Welcome to the CBIA BizCast powered by Google. I'm Amanda Marlow with CBIA, and today on our podcast, we are here at ADEA. We are joined by Nicholas Gondek, who's the Director of Additive Manufacturing here, and Emily Turkan, who's the Strategic Account Manager. So tell me a little bit about how you guys got into your positions here.
1: So I'll start. Um, So I was a uh, UConn grad out of the School of Engineering, and I've actually, quickly jumped into the additive manufacturing field out of college. Um, And I've been in in that position ever since. Um, Started off as an applications engineer and and really still focused in that area today.
0: Okay, and
2: Emily? I actually went to school with Nick at UConn and uh, about seven years ago, I came into the office just to kind of take a peek around to see what he was doing for work and I never left. I didn't know what 3D printing was, but it kind of grew on me in a sense that it was something that, I knew was going to make a big impact with a lot of different, not just companies and businesses, but in education as well. So something that I thought would have been a really nice tool to have when I was in school. So uh, that kind of just propelled me to where I am now with the company. So it's been about seven years for me. All
0: right. And this company has certainly evolved, is formerly at 3D Equipment and Services. That's what many people know you guys as, but you rebranded to Adia Mm -hmm. earlier this summer. Tell me a little bit about the name and, and kind of the whole rebranding efforts.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, so ACT 3D Equipment and Services was actually a division of a larger company. Um, that division has always been focused in additive manufacturing. So you know, everyone involved in that portion um, of the company was dedicated, um, but more recently, we've actually sold off all portions of our business not relating to additive. Um, to grow th- this into a standalone organization, so that essentially facilitated, you know, the need for a um, a rebranding.
0: Okay, and how did, How did you come up with the name?
2: <laughs> well, it was it was definitely a team effort. We had a lot of uh, brainstorming sessions. We wanted it to be easy to say, kind of phonetic. It's spelled the way it sounds, a dia. And uh, we wanted it to be fun, which is kind of why we chose the octopus as our logo to kind of bring a little bit of color into it as well. Because a lot of the companies that we compete with, work with in this space, it's just, it's very, I don't know even the word to describe it. A lot of grays, a lot of reds, a lot of darker colors that aren't, there's no pop of fun. And that was something that we have fun while we work. So we kind of wanted our logo to reflect kind of how we feel about what we do. So
0: So there's obviously a lot of excitement, you guys, by dedicating yourselves to this additive manufacturing. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing and the scope of your work.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think that is the most exciting part about this job is the scope of our work. Um, You know, we work with, you know, from small startups um, with only a few people to Fortune 100 companies across the board, um, aerospace, healthcare. Um, And, you know, a lot of new organizations, which are really spearheading new business models um, facilitated in part by this technology.
2: Okay, and do you wanna add a little bit about kind of your role in this space? Yeah, so I basically try to keep everyone as happy as possible, Um, but in doing so, we're able to uncover a lot about organizations that they might not even be privy to in terms of, you know, they'll bring a printer in for a certain application and, you know, over time they'll learn. There's so many more things they can be doing. But part of our job is to kind of lead them in that direction, to get them to kind of see the big picture and not just hyper-focus on one application, but to better understand how they can incorporate it into their business as a whole, to be able to have different departments utilize the same technology for different for different purposes. So that's been fun to kind of see the evolution of a company's mindset for additive. And what,
0: what has been the mindset uh, for additive? Obviously, it's something relatively new um, Mm -hmm. exciting but can be expensive and time-consuming so uh, kind of what's the mindset when you're first either approaching customers or are they have they already been using additive for a bit
1: yeah so uh, you know I think early on when we got into this industry we did so through servicing equipment Um, and that has been really integral to our success um, kind of being on the ride with these organizations as they've been growing the use of, of additive so we were pretty lucky to have that um, early ability to get in the door um, with some of these organizations. And truthfully, a lot of the adoption has stemmed from the util- utilization with prototyping, right? Mm-hmm. So um, th- there's always a different trajectory, but you know, then there are you know having the technology within an organization allows them to to really figure out other. Um, very interesting applications with with the process and you know then we've seen some companies you know transition to end- use components and do incredibly innovative things it's you know it, it offers a lot of flexibility in, in manufacturing um, but most of the applications we see are indirect um, production so it's not essentially you know producing 3d printed components and selling those it's you know but it's it, we've seen a very you know wide adoption of, of a large number of applications.
0: And what kind of company sizes are you working with small manufacturers larger everything i
1: would i would say <laughs> everywhere from a two-person organization up to some of the biggest companies in the world
0: how do you how do you stay current obviously additive manufacturing the technology is continuing to evolve mm-hmm. and then how do you um ensure that you're clients are staying up today.
2: Yeah, so we do a lot of research. Um, we under obviously understand what our customers' goals are down the road. That's kind of part of what makes us special is that we really like to look at the big picture to see what works now, what will be viable for the future. Um, So for us, it's just we're in constant contact with our customers. So anything that comes across our desk that we think they might find interesting, we'll send it over to them. New products that they even bring up, we'll look into to see if it's a good fit for our portfolio. So we're constantly kind of staying ahead of that curve for them. Um, And we found that that's been um, very helpful for us and for our customers to kind of be in the know about what the future can hold for them with 3D printing. Can
0: you give me maybe an example of kind of how you work with a company from the beginning?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So a company will approach us and kind of give us an idea as to what their goals would be with 3D printing. Some are completely brand new to it. Others have equipment in house already. So depending on what situation that is, we kind of look at it from a different lens. So for someone who's never used 3D printing before, we typically give what we call readiness assessments to understand for us and for them where they are on that learning curve and where it makes sense to start because a lot of people want to jump in the deep end too quickly and they don't know how to swim yet so it's for us that makes our job a lot harder when people try to do that so we try to reel them back a little bit Um, and for those that are already involved in 3D printing it makes it a little bit easier because they have that mindset of you know the innovation path if you will they know what they want to do but they just don't know how to get there Um, so we basically look at the big picture and it's the programs that we have are highly focused on application identification so just understanding what applications work do you know the materials that are available meet the specs that you need things like that. So that's basically the workflow. Um, you know obviously software is integrated with the hardware, whether it be for design or for printing um, So that's basically what we do from start to finish to understand where they are and where they can go and we help them get there whether it's through consulting services or, You know, selling them a piece of equipment,
0: and you're also helping their staff work on some of this equipment. Is that
2: correct? Right. So we train um, operators for the equipment, and what we found too um, is if somebody leaves a company, gets fired, laid off, what have you, that knowledge tends to leave with that employee. So we tend to, you know, really be in the in the know in terms of who's who to understand that they still have that knowledge because there's a lot of 3D printers sitting in offices and buildings that haven't been touched in years because no one knows how to use them. Um, and when it comes to the cost of equipment, you know, we we try to exhaust every avenue. So um, for instance, we have been working with a company that um, we helped write a grant. It was one of the CCAT grants um, that was matched for a 3D printer. So um, there, there are means to get them the money needed to fund some of these projects and pieces of equipment, but um, it, there's a lot out there in terms of misinformation too. So we try to kind of be upfront um, with our customers as to what's available.
0: So even if the company's kind of already invested, if they're listening and they have a 3D printer, but someone moved on and they want to get back into using mm-hmm. it, they can call you guys. Yeah, we
2: um, uh, put together training programs for equipment that we don't sell. Um, just because we know how to and we we know that the information isn't always at face value and people have to do a lot of digging. And for us, you know, we just repeat what works. So um, that's kind of our mindset on that is we'll help out however we can.
0: Can you kind of talk a little bit about some other smaller manufacturers maybe that you've worked with or projects um, where you really helped with the design of the printer uh, rather than just printing the product?
1: yes um so in one space is healthcare space so there's a lot of movement um with adoption relative to additive um and you know we've worked on projects where we have really focused on the development of of software workflows um, and helping them understand the economics of, of building a business around you know 3d printed components and in some of those projects you know we determined that it is it's not feasible for them to to bring on a 3d printed you know, operation in house. So therefore, you know, a lot of these projects are are really, you know, understanding the limitations of of the process and focused on how can we assist them in in automating some designs, um, especially for some you know mass customization applications.
0: It must be really rewarding for you guys to see, you know, how these companies are applying stuff that you you're so fascinated by.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And obviously there is one company who we've read about um, that you guys are helping, Mystic Aquarium. Um, you've done a couple of projects with them yeah. now. So tell us a little bit about those projects and you know where you guys have come into play.
2: Yeah, so uh, back in 2016, I believe, we got a call from the aquarium and they were looking for assistance with um, one of their uh, penguins on exhibit. They had called in the local middle school also, because they had a 3D printer, and we sold them that 3D printer. So together, Nick and I, with this group of middle school students, um, created a little orthopedic boot for one of their penguins, perps. And she's still wearing it today on exhibit. We were there the other day. It was actually really neat to see her with her little boot on. Um, But that project was was obviously to help the penguin, but too, to kind of show people who were scared of, you know, these pieces of design software and 3D printing in general that 10 to 13 year old kids just jumped in and embraced it. You know, we used 3D scanning the whole bit and they just, they went full force forward. And it was really cool to kind of um, see a younger generation like that. I mean, they're already so tech savvy, but it was just the the innovation that we saw kind of in real time was something that I was, that was, that sold me on 3D printing had I not been sold yet. (laughs) Um, So fast forward to now we, You know we are in touch with Mystic on a constant basis they don't have a a, you know a catalog that has different pieces of equipment or parts that they can use for surgeries in veterinary science so for us they use us as a resource in terms of you know how can we customize something for one of our animals and um, their sea turtle suffers from a they call it bubble butt which is very scientific. Um, It was a propeller accident. The back flippers were rendered paralyzed and a um, gas bubble forms in the Turtles GI tract, which causes the back end to float like this. So um, we have worked with um, some of our partners in developing a custom made harness with um, weights attached such that the buoyancy can come back to where it's supposed to be and uh, you know we know we can't be everything to everyone we understand that so we do our best to kind of you know allocate resources that make sense so for us we decided to kind of pick up the phone and call some of our partners Um, and uh, new balance was a company that with the penguin boot they were, we you guys, we, why didn't you? And it was about the kids. We wanted the middle school students to really kind of take lead of that project. But they said the next time something like this comes across your desk, give us a call. So we did. And um, they put, you know, some of their computational designers, very, very smart individuals on this project. Um, and it's just kind of taken off. And we've done, I think, three fittings now um, with the turtle. And we've used, you know, a variety of different materials um, in terms of you know water absorption, color, things like that. Um, so I'll let Nick kind of go into a little bit more detail on you know the work that we've done there. But it's again the most rewarding thing to see in real time the impact it's having for me. That's the best part of this job.
0: Yeah, certainly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, volunteering to to help animals with. Um, you know, with the teams that we put together is, is very exciting, truthfully. Um, and again, it's a volunteer um, initiative. We'll probably do one of these projects once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, many of the, of the projects and customers we work with, we can't really tell the story. Um, and so th- this is a great opportunity for, for that, right? And um, it, Mystic is very innovative in terms of, of adapting new technologies to solve complex problems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, we, we always leverage our, our extensive network um, of customers and their know-how. So, of course, New Balance is a big player in, in 3D printing. And as Emily said, they have a world-class team of computational designers. And they also had you know, production capabilities with the use of you know, their, their 3D printers in-house. So being at their facility one day, we we told them about this project and they instantaneously said, we want to jump on. So, um you know we've been developing the this this harness for for charlotte um which is you know it's it's great here having the ability to swim um and of course as we're going through that engineering project we've pulled in many different other companies and volunteers to assist so Mm -hmm. another connecticut-based company is oxford performance materials and actually during one of our meetings with new balance they they threw out one of the the materials because of its you know, minimal water intake and strength. So we reached out to them and they hopped on board and it's still an ongoing project, but it's exciting.
0: That was just a small project, but you guys are working on a wide scope of projects. And for manufacturers, which many, you know, that we have right here in Connecticut, additive manufacturing, where do you see it and why do you think it's such an important piece um, of their puzzle?
2: I, I personally think that it's going to help with the reshoring efforts to bring manufacturing back to the United States, just having the ability to produce parts in house without having to wait, uh, it perhaps might be a little bit more expensive at first, but the time to part is definitely going to be cut down from, you know, a couple of weeks to a matter of hours, depending on the technology used. Um, so I see it being um, a big piece of the puzzle in terms of companies truly innovating and being able to get their products out to market faster
0: what do you think the biggest benefit has been
1: for manufacturers using this that you've worked with um, it's a complex question um, in practice but you know and it's not a scientific response but I you know the acceleration of innovation um, you know it's, it's it's profound you know a kind of you know the adoption of additive at, at some of these organizations, which have really embraced it, and the again the scope of, of applications and you know in and, and ways for which they're using the technology to develop products uh, faster, um, more agility, um, and you know and actually you know that is also motivated us to uh, in turn develop a users group. So mm-hmm. you know we have we're putting together. Um, the companies from various industries and some of the leading experts in in this space together um, in a form for which information can be more openly shared. Um, because for us, we we collect a lot of know-how internally, but we have to be very um, careful of how we share that. So we're just going to get everyone in the same building together and you know really use that as a, a springboard to kind of share this knowledge um, throughout the Northeast, hopefully Connecticut. And
0: I'm sure you're past clients are perfect, you know, segues into new clients and, and how they can jump on board. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So we've talked a little bit about healthcare, uh, manufacturing, what are some other industries that are using this additive manufacturing?
1: Almost every industry imaginable, um, you know, I'm sure there are players which are utilizing 3D printing, and a lot of it is in product development, right? So prototyping, it's, it's kind of the backbone of of 3D printing and one of its core tech or core applications. Um, and, and that's across the board, right? From architecture firms. We, you know, we have some local companies here in, in Connecticut who will utilize that to have display models to, to show their clients, to you know, DOTs who are utilizing this to present you know, plans you know, to politicians. But there's also, you know, many, you know, additional applications, say in in healthcare for pre-surgical models that are patient-specific training models. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really across the board. It's um, utilized in, in far-reaching past manufacturing.
2: Even you know, uh, packaging for companies who specialize in packaging, whether it be for makeup or you know stuff that you just have in your house. You the thought and effort that goes into creating these products is something that I was completely oblivious to before learning and seeing how things are actually made. So that was, it's it's pretty neat to see how they get to where they are via the use of additive manufacturing, because they're able to iterate designs very quickly.
1: So I think, you know, one of our big focuses is in application development. So, you know, there are some uses of additive which could require a pretty long and expensive development process. So, you know, one of our big focuses is bringing that work internally. You know, because again, we we can't share a lot of the, the work we're doing with, um, you know, with our customers. But collectively, we have a lot of knowledge within these within these walls, and therefore, we could really do accelerated development of of applications right for for companies and um, so that's one of our our main focuses is and that's across the board it's pretty broad um, you know in, in the industries and and technologies that we will focus on yeah
0: and do you notice that clients that you're working with you know you kind of help them design one model are they continuous clients or is it like a one and done
1: long-term relationships yeah yeah yeah, we've we've been working with many of the the same clients for for well over 10 years and we continue to facilitate growth yeah yeah, and most of those those customers are in this users group so you know again um, collectively i think having that type of form will allow you know companies that are you know earlier on in their adoption um, to really understand how how companies have benefited from utilizing additive
0: And I'm sure Connecticut companies, obviously you guys are global, but Connecticut companies can really get help, especially when they can come here and, or you guys can go there and really help them hands-on learn.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we, we are predominantly within the Northeast. Um, Connecticut is our home. So, um, but yeah, you know, we, we do a lot of business in, in Boston and, and really it's um, yeah, we're, we're here to help. So we, um, we probably spend more time at our customers' facilities than we do in this building.
2: Okay. And to Nick's point on that, our, the customers that we've worked with for the last 12 years really do see us as a trusted resource and advisors for them when it comes to 3D printing. They'll just pick up the phone and say, hey, have you heard about this before? And it's just nice to be recognized like that because we have done a lot of great work in this industry. And as a small company, it's sometimes difficult to get that exposure, um, but we've managed to cultivate these you know working professional relationships to the point where you know we can go out and have a beer with them and just talk and it's nice because we get real information you know there's no wall up which for us makes our job 10 times easier so that's been nice
0: they don't like probably when you're pointing out the flaws in (laughs) their system exactly but it helps them in long run it does yeah is that what you find a lot of times you're looking and saying "Eh." Maybe this
2: is a different way you can look at this. We say no a lot and people don't like hearing no, but they tend to understand why and then they come back. Because it's, for us, if we don't have something that they will truly benefit from, you know, if this machine's not the machine. if it's a machine that kind of looks like this, but isn't exactly that we'll send them in the opposite direction. And it's, it doesn't feel good in the moment, but it feels good when they do come back because they know that we're being honest and we're telling the truth and we're not just, you know, pushing a product into their face. We actually want to see them succeed because their success ultimately is what makes us successful. So.
0: How about some other types of companies you guys work with the government at all on different projects or?
2: Yeah, so we are a nationally certified woman owned business, which gives us kind of an edge in regard to that, um, because a lot of these government entities have set aside money to spend with minority-owned businesses, such as us. So it kind of gives us that exposure that otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't get. So yes, we do.
0: So it kind of gives you an opportunity, a whole other market as well. Yep. Okay. With the rebranding, how are you guys? getting the word out and obviously you have so many customers um, from your previous business endeavors how are you connecting with them and how can people who are interested learn more
2: yeah so we have uh, an annual open house uh which will this year be taking place on october 6th um and we invite all of our you know customers People that we've met throughout the time that we've been doing this, and we just getting everyone in the same building together to network for us is fun and it's very beneficial because a lot of people in that kind of setting are more willing to talk to each other than it being, you know, a formal business meeting, if you will. So it, for us, it's nice to kind of get everybody on the same page in a very casual environment, um, and you know, it's nice because now we have the whole building to ourselves, so we have a lot more space. <laughs> With the
0: name change a lot of new marketing pushes, and there's a new website as well?
2: Yep, so you can find us at um, adiatech.com. It's a work in progress, but it has information about what we're doing, um, and there's also an area that you can sign up for this users group that we've been uh, talking about.
0: Awesome, well, is there anything else that you guys would like to add? Sounds great. Well, we're looking forward to being back here on October 6th and um, continuing to see the work that you guys do. So thank you so much for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple or YouTube. And for more episodes, head on over to cbia.com.